What's up? What's going on? CBD, that's what we're talking about today on The Shaleen Show. I'm super happy you're here. I bet, like many people, you too have wondered about the efficacy of CBD. Is it safe? Can it really do all the things that people promise it can do? Is it something that you should be taking? And what do we need to know about quality? Is it legal? Is it safe for children? Is it safe for pets? We'll be answering all of these questions and more today on The Shalene Show with my special guests, Mike and Angie Lee, the founders of Soul CBD. Once I started getting deep into integrative health, one of the things I realized pretty early on is that there are alternatives to the things that we think of for medication and specifically ways to reduce inflammation. I mean, when we look at disease, inflammation is at the root of almost every preventable disease that we're dying from today. And I think that's going to answer a lot of questions for you when, as I'm sure like me, you hear all of these kind of crazy claims about what CBD can do for you. And, you know, if you're a little bit of a skeptic, as we all should be, you have to think, all right, wait, how is it possible that this one medicinal plant can be added to my smoothie in the morning for energy, or I can take it at night to help me sleep, or I can use it to improve my ability to focus or my ability to relax? How is it that this can help with epilepsy or seizures, anxiety, depression, and pain? Like, what is this miracle compound? It just sounded too good to be true. So I started digging into the research to really kind of understand it further. I wanted to know, I mean, how much do we know about the human use of CBD? And what are the differences, the different types of CBD? Is there CBD with THC? Is there one that's more efficient, more effective than another? How is it that they impact the nervous system? Is there a psychoactive element? What is the difference in qualities? What do I need to know about the qualities of CBD? How do you dose CBD? Is the CBD that I'm taking for my dog, or not that I'm taking, that I'm giving to my dog, the same exact CBD that I'm taking or I'm ingesting, but just in a different form or with a different flavor? What role does it have on my parasympathetic system? What role does it have on our sympathetic system? How does it impact the endocannabinoid system? All of these questions I had, and I knew that the people I needed to speak to were the founders of Soul CBD, which are Angie and Mike Lee, who you'll be hearing from in just a moment. But before I get to that, I just want to say this. It's just my own personal opinion. We do need to see more research. But until recently, human trials were all but banned. Based on the research that we do have, there is tremendous science that proves the effectiveness of treating some really pretty gnarly childhood epilepsy syndromes and other symptoms, including studies for insomnia and chronic pain. In fact, a study from the European Journal of Pain showed that using an animal model, again, CBD applied to the skin actually helped to lower pain and inflammation due to arthritis. So there's some really promising science surrounding CBD, but there's also a lot of really bogus companies out there producing inferior CBD products. We're going to talk about all of that and so much more with my guests today. Now, Mike and Angie Lee are siblings, which is, it's a story in and of itself. Mike is, well, you'll hear his story on the show. He's a professional boxer who's fought in front of millions. He's fought at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. That was his most recent fight. He's fought at Madison Square. He's an incredibly intelligent man for someone who's probably been hit in the head so many times. Mike is also the CEO and founder of Soul CBD. And I love his commitment to his sister and his commitment to wellness. Angie Lee, you've heard on the show many times before. She's my little sister, as I like to call her. She's just a remarkable little fire plug health fanatic marketing guru. She has a podcast that you've got to check it out. It's called The Angie Lee Show over 7 million downloads, and she's just a whiz at marketing and helping women in particular find their, their niche. Together, they are the founders of My Soul CBD, and they are here today to talk to us about all things CBD. Don't forget, you, my friend, have a special discount waiting for you. The code is in our show notes. 
You're definitely going to want to pick up some of the products that we talk about in this episode in detail. My favorite is their sleep capsules and for the yumminess, (laughs) their CBD gummies. And we talk about the difference in all of those things in this episode. But don't miss that discount code if you're following along in the show notes or just go to mysoulcbd.com and enter the code LIFER to grab your discount. So without further ado, I bring to you Angie and Mike Lee, both of you, brother and sister, welcome to the show. Hello. We're so happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Well, we've had Angie on the show before. I am a big Angie Lee fan. So the audience, if you've listened to previous episodes, you've met Angie in the past. I'm going to link to previous episodes we've done with her in our show notes. And we're going to talk to Angie too, but I, I really want to start, Mike, with your story. As a kid, I understand that's when you fell in love with boxing. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about your journey? Well, yeah. I mean, for in my entire professional career, I was kind of known as Mike Lee, the boxer, but now lately I'm Mike Lee, Angie Lee's brother. <laughs> it's changed and as her tribe and audience has grown. And so I couldn't be more proud of her, but I'll give you a little background on, on my story and how Angie and I got involved in business and, and more particularly how I got involved in boxing. I actually started fighting at about eight years old. Our father stuck me in a boxing ring against a 12-year-old. I got my butt kicked. I hated it. I'll never forget going to the bathroom and crying in the mirror and thinking I'm never boxing again. But I got the itch. And I remember my dad coming in and saying, you know, I've never been more proud of you in my life. And at that time, I honestly think instinctually something clicked in me. And because he told me he was proud of me that I I didn't quit. That first session, I got my butt kicked. I got knocked down, but I went all three rounds as a little kid and I could have quit and I didn't. And so I think since day one, that type of ideology was instilled in me and made me kind of the athlete I was. So you know, fast forward a few years later, I started fighting all over the world in amateur tournaments from 16 to 18 to 20 years old. And then right before I graduated college, I had offers to turn pro and I got signed by uh, Top Rank, which is arguably the best promotional company and team in the world. So for me, you know, it's like getting a call from the New York Yankees. So at the age of 21, I turned pro and I went for it. And, you know, instead of getting into business and finance and some other things I was interested in, my passion and my dream was to become a world champion. And I knew no matter what, whether I lose my first fight and break my hand and never fight again, or I become a world champion, I knew that I had to go for it. I knew that I wanted to be 100 years old laying on my deathbed and not having regrets and not wondering what if. So we signed the contract and it was a wild ride. I got to fight in some of the greatest arenas in the world. I fought in Madison Square Garden and Cowboy Stadium and back home in Chicago in front of thousands and millions on TV. And at one point, I was 26 years old. I was 12-0, and 0, undefeated, on top of the world, feeling invincible. And right before my 13th fight, I started getting really sick. I started getting back pain. I was getting headaches. I was getting chronic fatigue. My entire immune system was shutting down. Needless to say, we had to cancel the next upcoming fight. And I spent the next two years in and out of hospitals battling what I later found out was an autoimmune disease. So I was out of the ring. It was the darkest, loneliest, most depressing times of my life. I was in significant pain and not only in pain and trying to figure out how to get healthier, but really not being able to do what I love. I remember sitting in hospital beds and literally looking at, you know, fights or commercials of mine on TV and thinking to myself, if if they only knew the type of condition I was in. So at my lowest of low, my rock bottom, I was on eight different medications. You know, they could not figure out what was going on. I was on anti-anxiety, antidepressants. I was completely addicted to painkillers. And Angie was right there with me. You know, Angie and I have been very close since day one. And I still remember her coming in those hospital rooms when I was at my lowest, lowest moments and her cheering me up. And as your audience probably knows, Angie is one of the goofiest, kindest human beings ever. So I remember specifically one time I was in my 12th day straight in the hospital and she came in in a Darth Vader costume <laughs> out of nowhere just to make me laugh. And she doesn't realize how big that moment was for me. I, I remember that moment so clearly like it was yesterday because that type of like hope and happiness instilled a different mentality in me. And 
I went from, you know, those eight medications all the way down to zero because I woke up one day and I said, I have to take my health into my own hands. Another prescription medication is not the answer for me. So I started diving into books on personal development, on nutrition, on health, reading books by Dr. Joe Dispenza, Tony Robbins, Viktor Frankl. I became Mm -hmm. obsessed with getting healthier. Mike, let me ask you, there's so much I want to dig into. The first thing I want to ask you about is the depression that you started to feel. How much do you think played into the fact that because it's autoimmune, because I know for so many, you can't present something that's physical and you begin to believe because they aren't able to identify what's going on. I just know something's wrong and I'm having all these weird conditions, but you have nothing like physical to say like, here, x-ray this arm or let's take this blood work to determine what in fact is going on. And you start to wonder, I have to imagine, is this psychosomatic? Is this in my head? How much did that affect your mental state? That's a great point. That really affected my mental state because I started getting so discouraged going from doctor to doctor because as most, you know, millions of people have autoimmune diseases. And I think on average, it takes three to four years to get properly diagnosed because exactly like you said, you show so many different types of symptoms, but it's tough to dial in exactly what's wrong and then have a plan of attack to fix it. At the end of the day, is it the chicken or the egg? What I really believe in is that I did get sick, but then my mind exacerbated things. I know firsthand, especially with autoimmunity, that when you're depressed, when you're stressed, when you are constantly in that fight or flight, it negatively affects your immune system, your nervous system. And we've proven that now with studies. So for me, it was, it started with the sickness, but then once I started getting major anxiety and depression, it only made things worse. It's so true. And it's that not knowing that can create more anxiety and it's a natural human response to go to the worst possible case scenario. You know, I've talked to friends before who were also experiencing autoimmune like symptoms and going from doctor to doctor to doctor. And you just eventually go to that, is this cancer? Do I have a brain tumor? Am I dying? You know, and playing sad songs in your car and just, you can spiral because you don't know. Once you do know, it really can lift that heaviness, that fog that you feel. Sure. And for you, I assume that your goal was to return to boxing, right? And you're on all these medications, which have an impact on your health. And also, I assume that there's drug testing in boxing. So how did you, or was that a part of your plan was like, I've got to find something natural because I still want to be able to compete in the sport? Yes. I mean, that was a huge part of it. And I think if anything, I wanted to find something natural because I felt like at the time, a lot of the doctors I was seeing we're just prescribing more medication, which was giving me really bad side effects. So, you know, I was on Humira for years and injecting myself with that and getting really bad skin rashes. And I just felt like it was a snowball of side effects. And listen, Western medicine has done incredible things. And for emergency cases or certain times, it has its time and place. So I don't want to say that was, you know, the cause of a lot of the issues I had, but I knew in my heart and my gut that I needed to find natural ways. And not only because I do get drug tested for my sport, but there was something in my gut, in my mind, my intuition told me that I needed to start to see functional medicine doctors, nutritionists, people that were going to look at this more holistically and really come about it that way versus another medication. And, you know, my instinct was right. I know a big part of your healing is to take an integrative approach. You changed your nutrition, you changed your thinking, you changed your mindset, and you changed the way that you were healing your body from a medicinal standpoint. How did that lead to you exploring CBD? And did you look to other forms of natural medications? Yeah, I looked at a lot. I think, you know, anytime you're in pain, you're always going to look for solutions to get out of it. So for me, I knew I just couldn't give up. So I I wanted to turn over every single rock. And a few years back, this was about maybe 2016, I finally started getting, maybe a little bit earlier, actually, I started really getting into CBD. Randomly, a friend of mine was like, hey, listen, I know you're going through these issues. Maybe you should try it out. First thing I said was, I get drug tested. I I can't do that. I I don't know what this is. I was kind of ignorant to 
the hemp plant versus the marijuana plant. And he really informed me that, no, there's zero THC in this. You won't get high. It's all, you know, it activates your endocannabinoid system and we can get into more details of that. But so I started trying it out. And the first thing it helped me with was anxiety. And I slowly but surely, it wasn't overnight, but I slowly but surely started weaning off my anti-anxiety medications and my antidepressants. And was it the end-all be-all? No, but it was a huge piece of the puzzle for me. And that's when I started diving in. And then next thing you know, I called Angie and I was like, we need to turn, not only turn this into a business, but we need to share this. We need to spread this out because I love it. And you know, we started visiting hemp fields and it just started taking off. I was blown away that something that grows on this planet Earth can help so many people with so many different things. And it gave me a lot of hope. Well, Angie certainly has a tribe that looks to her for, you know, not just business and marketing advice, but also health. And I think that's one of the reasons why we connect. It's because we just want people's lives to be better. And that might mean being your own boss and making your own rules and living your purpose, but it also means taking care of yourself, like honoring your health. And so I know that's such a big piece of who she is. Angie, were you already experimenting with CBD? Like, talk to me about like how the two of you came together to share this mutual interest. Yeah. At the time, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and I had my first full-blown panic attack at 23, 24 years old. That was really, really frightening. And so similar, it's interesting that Mike and I were kind of on a similar timeline where I had a friend who mentioned CBD to me, had no idea what it was. I was very holistic at the time, so I was open-minded, but I didn't know what it was. And I was taking CBD droppers for my anxiety. So I was using it for anxiety while Mike was using it for pain and all the issues that he was experiencing. And then he called me one day and that's when he said, hey, let's make this a business. So it's crazy that we both were using it pretty much around the same year and then came together and now it's a business. Now, what is it, and this is for either of you, that made you realize this needs to be a business and this is something we need to do together? Obviously, there are lots of people and I mean, we can get into that too, how muddy the waters have gotten. And I think that's really important for my listeners to know about. But so what is it about this product and about the two of you and your journey and that you both have suffered from anxiety? What is it about that that made you believe this thing that we need to do this? Like there's a million other businesses the two of you could do together. Yeah. I feel like for us, and I'll let, let you touch on this too, Mike, I feel like Mike and I almost are, at least for me, and similar to usually, and I love creating solutions to problems. And as a natural promoter and someone who wants to share things, if I'm not obsessed with it, it's difficult for me to, to share about it. So for me, every great business has first come from Mike and I just loving it ourselves and knowing how many people need this and how many people don't know about it. I think we saw almost like a, like a hole in the market where a lot of these CBD brands were in it just for the marketing aspect. And they weren't right. fully integrous. And to know that Mike and I truly started this to help people and to share, especially Mike's incredible story of what he's gone through. I mean, that is amazing, right? It's, it's mind-blowing. And so I think for us, we knew we were starting it for the right reasons versus, hey, let's just see if we can make money in this, but we're not using it ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to put it, really. For me, going through so much pain made me an empath. It made me an empathetic person. I never had that character with before the pain. And that way, the pain was a gift. And I knew that I wanted to help people. I wanted to share this message because I saw how many people were in desperate need and how many people's health was struggling. And for Angie, I mean, you know, Angie as well, you see her on stage, she helps so many women and, you know, she starts crying on stage and she'll cry when she reads testimonials that we get in from Soul CBD. So for her, she wants to connect with humans and help people. And that's where we came from. We came from an obsession to not only spread the word, but to help people because both of us had gone through so much pain. And when you do that and you go through that type of pain, you have a new motivation to help other human beings get out of that pain. And so I think that's really where it started from. When anytime you're starting a business, especially as, as competitive and oversaturated as you know CBD is, if you're coming at it from the X's and O's and you know the P&L side of how much money can I make? You're never going to succeed. So for us, we knew there was an area where we could be the face of the company. 
and people could directly reach out to us and ask us questions and see our journey and our authenticity. And I mean, when I think of Angie right away, authenticity is the first word I think of. So yeah, that was kind of the genesis of the brand. Would you assume or would you say, maybe summarize the reason why the two of you decided that there was this need in the market was because there weren't companies that were paying as much attention to the integrity of the product. And I guess let's elaborate on that. What does that mean for the two of you? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. And what people need to understand where the product's coming from, what it is, because that was our initial issue. You know, we didn't know where companies were sourcing from, what type of products they were using, if it was organically sourced, you know, all the little details. And so for us, we dove in and we knew that, listen, our name and face and reputation is on the line here. So we want to make sure above that, that we believe in. So for us, we are actually visiting the hemp fields, visiting the farms that we partner with in on all the R&D calls and making sure that all the sourcing is available. So, you know, one thing that's really important in the CBD world is certificates of analysis. We like to show right on our website, every single product and batch number exactly what is inside of that the third party lab tested certificate of analysis does that actually cost more for sure but we're not sourcing cheap cbd or ingredients from overseas that could have pesticides in it that could have other you know toxic elements in it so for us making sure the purity and quality here in the united states all of our sourcing is done and vetted out thoroughly with this third party lab testing that transparency is right there on the website and in all our marketing. That was so important to us because, you know, I'm sending this to my mom, my dad, my friends, and they're ingesting it. I need to know that, that I trust it. And I think that's so important. And unfortunately, because of the lack of regulation, that's a rarity in this industry. I'm glad you mentioned that. That lack of regulation is a real problem. And it's one of the reasons why CBDs get, you know, lumped into one big category. And there are so many differences differences in the way that you can ingest it, differences in the way that it's manufactured and where it's manufactured. And the fact that you do third-party lab testing is, is really powerful. I think one of the other challenges, I know for me, when I first started looking into CBD, is of course, I'm skeptical, right? And I, I was skeptical of taking any supplement before I really started to understand why my body needed things that it was already producing, right? So we produce a degree of cannabinoid in our body. Is that correct? Yeah. So what happens is CBD activates the endocannabinoid system. And without getting into a boring science class, all mammals have an endocannabinoid system. All humans do. And what it really does is put your body into homeostasis. So it regulates your nervous system. It helps with inflammation. It helps with sleep. It has so many different properties that can help this endocannabinoid system, which we know has been around for years and years. And so that's why you're seeing people get such good effects and even seeing dogs and cats with, you know, a pet line CBD blend doing well on top of that. But it's something that a plant that's been around thousands of years, the hemp plant, and it's a cannabinoid that has helped human beings for thousands of years. And so similar to the prohibition era with alcohol, I really see this new movement of cannabis and hemp as we come into 2020, 100 years later, that all this is being lifted. And you're starting to see that people are realizing, you know, especially CBD, that does not get you high. There's no psychoactive element to it. It's something that's only helping people with no toxicity. And that's one thing I do want to say that I'm really impressed with. CBD has no toxicity levels. So basically what that means is you can't overdose on it. And why that's important is we walk into a CVS or a Walgreens today you pick up a bottle of Tylenol, you could overdose and die on it if you take the entire bottle. So knowing that it's a safe plant if sourced properly is, is really important too. I'm reading from the U.S. National Institutes of Health and Laboratories, a study from 2014 where they said, endocannabinoid system activity may have therapeutic potential in almost all disease affecting humans. To me, that's pretty powerful, but it also makes me think, how is that possible? Like all disease affecting humans? How is that possible? And that was one of my initial skepticisms when I started researching CBD. How does it work? You know, you hear these claims like 
It can reduce pain. It can improve memory, help with appetite, stress reduction, sleep, improve mood, immune function. How is it possible something can do all of those things? So explain to us the impact it has on our nervous system. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned earlier, when it's activating the endocannabinoid system, you have different receptors. You have CB1, CB2 receptors. But why it's having so many different effects for different people is because, for instance, let me give one example of inflammation. We know that inflammation causes so many different types of ailments, diseases. I mean, autoimmune in my case, you know, everything from knee pain to systemic autoimmune conditions. So whether or not that inflammation or that stress is caused from your mental state or something inside of your body, at the end of the day, your whole body is connected. And we know firsthand that when you reduce inflammation in a safe way, it has a trickle-down effect of helping so much, not just that knee pain you had from the run, but also helping your digestive system. We know now that the gut has huge implications on the brain and the gut-brain connection is massive. And when you reduce that inflammation in the gut, it helps you absorb nutrition better. It helps you in so many different levels. So really what it does is it's helping the endocannabinoid system and the nervous system specifically calm down and reduce inflammation. And when that happens, we're seeing kind of a, a beautiful trickle-down effect to so many other aspects and chronic conditions. There are different ways that you can formulate THC. I'd like to talk a little bit about how or what some of the common misconceptions are about the psychoactive elements of CBD, and perhaps maybe even how soul CBD is different and you know, if you have plans to get into the CBD THC arena, like tell us a little bit about or dispel some of those myths for us if you can. Angie, I, I know that that's a question you get a lot from your audience. And I, I assume that's something that people have that are listening have a concern that is there a psychoactive element? Is it safe to give this to my children? Yeah, it's interesting. I love the fact that we are 100% pure isolate, zero THC, because then we can ensure that everyone from stay-at-home moms, nurses, people who are tested, athletes are guaranteed to pass their drug tests. And I love that. But I also know that there are a ton of medicinal benefits to combining THC and CBD and that synergistic relationship between them. So it's hard because I know... I mean, Mike, you can speak to even more on this. I know people who are in a lot of pain. I think it can be beneficial to have a little bit of THC. Now, I know there's someone listening to this who that might be scary to hear because of the paradigm of, okay, is THC make you high and, and all these things. But again, we decided to stay just in CBD right now, but it could be something maybe potentially down the road we get into. It's a completely different business model with different regulations and legalities, obviously, until those things change and they become more liberal. But I, I feel like, I don't know, Mike, what are your thoughts on that? I just, it's hard because my heart wants to help the people who are in severe, mm -hmm. severe pain. And I don't use THC, nor have I a lot in my life, but I could see how with CBD, it could be really powerful to get someone out of pain or there's people using it for a lot of serious, serious issues. Is CBD legal in all states? Like, Could somebody right now just go to mysoulcbd.com and place an order if they're in any state? Yes. So it is 100% legal in all 50 states. So you can order it. The threshold is if it's below a certain amount of THC, which is 0.03%, right? So there are some companies that have a little bit of THC. We don't. We have zero THC. We decided to go down that route because of everything Angie just said. Myself being a professional athlete, I couldn't take it. And I know I didn't want to promote something I couldn't take. But like Angie said, we're open to moving into the THC world, especially as regulations ease up a little bit. I think that THC is the psychoactive element, so it will get you high to an extent. I think there's a ton of benefits of that and the other cannabinoids in the plant. But right now, we want just CBD because it's easy for someone to travel. You can travel all over the world with it. I'm carry-on. It's no big deal. You won't get high. So it has all the physical and mental benefits. So we just decided right now CBD was only and zero THC was the route for us. And what is the best way? I mean, here's a challenge is that we don't yet have a lot of human trial research, right? We have got a lot of animal research that's very promising. And I think we're learning more and more every day, but you cannot dismiss people's 
personal experience, whether placebo or not, right? You can't dismiss that also when you're looking at over 10 years worth of research that, I mean, our government is doing, not just back alley research. Like this is some pretty powerful things when you recognize that nearly every preventable disease relates to inflammation and that we know that CBD has this tremendous impact on the nervous system. And that has a trickle down effect. That's why it makes sense to me that once I understood that, I'm like, oh, oh, hello. If it's an anti-inflammatory for the most part, then of course it's going to have an impact on all these other things. But when there's not a lot of information about dosage, how do we know what's the best way to take it? You know, and how much should I be taking? Should I be taking it in a pill, a tincture? Should I be doing a sublingual like under the tongue? I've seen lotions. And of course, I know you guys have Brett lives by it, your pain lotion. But what do we know? And is there going to be research there? And and what are your best recommendations for us? Yeah, I think there's so many ways to administer it, which can be confusing. But you know, the lotion, for instance, there's a lot of topicals out there, the skin, the largest organ in the body absorbs CBD really well gets into the bloodstream. So if you have like a, a knee ache or a backache, for more systemic inflammation or anxiety in general, people are loving the tinctures. They put the dropper underneath your tongue. You hold it there 30 to 60 seconds. That's what we recommend. That has been proven not just for CBD, but anything sublingual underneath the tongue, it enters the blood-brain barrier faster. So it's more efficacious. You're absorbing more of that ingredient in this case, which is the CBD. So underneath the tongue is a phenomenal way. Another way is just ingesting. Same thing, getting into the bloodstream by ingesting. A lot of different people have different ways they want to do it. We have CBD gummies, for instance, that people really love if they're not used to or familiar with the tinctures or sublingual. But as long as it's getting into the bloodstream, you're getting the desired effects. The issues that we run into as a company and as an industry is we cannot give exact dosages. We cannot give, okay, if you have this ailment, you need to take this exactly this much. Unfortunately, legally, we can't do that yet until the laws and regulations really, really catch up. So we don't sit here and and try to claim that it's going to cure cancer or cure your disease or anything like that. Yes, like you said, there's a ton of amazing anecdotal evidence of people loving it. There's also clinical data coming up. It's just going to take time because the pharmaceutical industry is worth trillions of dollars and can spend the type of money that they have for these clinical trials. So Sometimes it's a little tough, but I mean, yeah, maybe Angie, you can just kind of speak to what you take, when you take it, kind of some of your favorite ways to to take CBD. Yeah, I love the tinctures, but I find that gummies are a great first step for people. It's a great gateway to, maybe I shouldn't use that word, but it's a great step one, right? For a lot of people who maybe are nervous, even though they have no reason to be nervous, again, there's no psychoactive component, but I find that when people feel safe with the gummies, they realize, oh, okay, I do feel good. This helped my anxiety today or my period cramps for the women in my community or this helped my headache today at work. And then they're more open to the tinctures. And then a lot of people love our sleep capsules. I mean, for helping their sleep, especially because it's packed with melatonin as well. So I love tinctures and gummies the most. And then you also can inhale it too, but we don't have any pens. So just because we're not sure with all the science of obviously smoking. so. But yeah, right now I'm loving the gummies, to be honest, because they're so portable and they're so easy. Well, I love that you you know, held back and you didn't jump on the whole vape pen mm-hmm. hype that everybody, you know, like that I think speaks a lot about both Mike and Angie and your commitment to weighing things out, not being about the dollar and really saying, you know, there's some interesting science that we want to see first. Is this a healthy alternative? Is this the best thing for our customers? And I think it was a smart move not to go down that route personally. Yeah, because it's still not good for your lungs, regardless of what it is. And that's something that Mike brought up to me because I thought it'd be fun to do them because I have a lot of requests for them for women in their purse. Just, oh, I have a little pen with me while they're out and about running errands. And, And Mike said, you know, smoking, obviously, especially if you're doing it a bunch a day, it's still damaging to your lungs. We just don't have enough research on that, right? So I just don't know if it's fully safe to be smoking it. 
I don't know if the gummies are addictive. My personal experience is they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't Sierra love them too? Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous over here. But you know, I was thinking about it and maybe I'm just rationalizing it in my own head. But I can't say that I look forward to putting CBD under my tongue every day. I do it and it's a habit because it's next to where all my supplements are. So I just do it, right? But literally at night, this is so funny, at night when I'm like, I want something sweet. I'm like, oh, I know what I can do. I could have a few CBD gummies. And you know, so I'm so I'm also very happy to hear that I can't overdose on it because I'm like, I really, I don't know that I needed those tonight when I've already taken my, I, I love your sleep capsules. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned them because I was worried you were sold out because I'm looking at two empty bottles here right now. I freaking love those. Yeah, it knocks you out, but in a good way, not in a, oh my gosh, what happened last night, yeah. way, but in a, wow, I really feel like I got nine hours of good quality sleep. It gets you into REM. There's actually incredible research right now. Mike and a bunch of his biohacking friends are doing this. I have uh, the Aura ring that I just got as well. They're testing their sleep on the Aura ring with CBD. Oh my goodness. It's like night and day, right, Mike? I mean, a lot of these top biohackers now are releasing research on this and it's crazy. Like how different your sleep is with CBD. It's crazy. It's helping heart rate variability. It's helping increase your REM cycles. And now we have the data. We have it on our IGTV. Um, I've posted it personally. So it's cool that, like you said, you know, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that's great and the clinical trials are coming, but now we're starting to see a lot more of those things like people wearing the Whoop band, the Aura band, tracking their sleep cycles. And I mean, all I know is when you get better sleep, you're a better human the next day. So that I don't need to study for. <laughs> that's awesome. Mike, just for clarity's purpose, you do have the sleep capsules in stock. Is this true? Yeah. So we actually changed our formulation a little bit. They're in stock. What we did is we brought it from five milligrams of melatonin down to 2.5. And the reason we did that is because there are a lot of people that like five milligrams, but what we've seen is that if you do want five, we'd rather have you take two than someone who's a little more sensitive to melatonin and they can't take under the five. I'm a two capsule kind of girl. I just have to say, like, I love them all, but I'm telling you, I start kind of freaking out when I get low because I sleep so soundly. I take them about, you know, probably. 45 minutes before I go to sleep and I just, I conk out and I'm really sensitive. I can't do a Tylenol PM. I can't do too much magnesium. I'm horrible at anything, like any prescription drug, if I ever would need to take that for sleep. Not that I have, but this stuff is just, it really, I feel nothing in the morning except rested. So I'm happy to hear those are back in stock. And I didn't mean for this to turn into like an ad. I really do want this to be an educational purpose for people, but I also know they want to understand how I use it too. The one thing that I've been trying to wrap my head around is, okay, if I can't overdose on this, if it's something that my body produces naturally, it should, and it's going to reduce overall inflammation. If I'm going to see or could very possibly feel improvements in all these areas, is this a drug? Is this a hormone? Like, What is this categorized as? Is it considered an herb? So that's a great point. And that's really what the FDA is trying to do right now. They're going to categorize it as a food, really. You know, the hemp plant, as I mentioned, obviously grows out of the ground and has grown on planet Earth for thousands of years. So I think when it all is said and done and they come out with the final regulations and how to categorize it, and it'll be considered a food, you know, slash supplement. So that's really the best way to kind of categorize it. There is one company, they just got declined, but they were trying to patent a CBD strain as a drug and then obviously monetize it by selling it as a drug. That failed because thankfully the FDA and the government realized this is a plant. You cannot patent something like CBD when it grows out of the ground. CBD is CBD. So I'm happy that you know they had a clear head about that. So how would you think of it? Do you think of it like, I don't know, like ginger or turmeric or yeah. like a reishi mushroom, or is it even beyond that? Well, you know, you could think of it like that for sure. I think, you know, you think of it as your natural supplement, like a vitamin in a sense. So while some people see effects within 10, 15 minutes, other people you have to take, you know, a few days in a row 
consistency is really key. Similar to turmeric, right? We know how incredible turmeric is as an actual anti-inflammatory. You take turmeric pills once after a hard day working out and expect all your pain to go away forever. You know, it needs to be a lifestyle. And so that's something we, we try to go to, to our customers as well. That's a perfect analogy. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, you know, you can take turmeric once and you're not going to feel any different. You know, somebody asked me that recently. I was showing them the supplements that I take on my Instagram and they're like, do you feel different? I'm like, I don't necessarily know that I feel different when I take it, but I know I feel different when I go a couple of days without taking it. That's what a lot of people will say. They'll notice when they're not on it versus when they are on it. So women will say, wow, I noticed that my ability to handle stress this last month wasn't as high. And that's when they were off their CBD. And so it's more like you notice when you haven't been consistent. Mike, is it regularly accepted by professional athletes? Like, are you hearing, I mean, you're in those circles. Yeah. Are you hearing that more and more professional athletes are using CBD? And and is this something that they talk about? Is it accepted? It's starting to become accepted because in 2017, WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, cleared CBD. It's really unfortunate. I have so many friends that are, you know, in the NFL, NHL, different professional athletes. We all deal with so much pain. And it's sad that it's taken so long for, you know, they're not even allowed to smoke. And obviously that, you know, is THC, but all these cannabinoids help with pain. And it's sad that opioids, you know, are fine, but that CBD wasn't until recently. So yeah, all these guys are taking it. All my buddies are taking some form of of CBD and or CBD and THC. It's just a fact, whether they say it or not, you know, I would say over 90% of these athletes are taking something because we're all in pain and we're all trying to manage it without these side effects. All right. Well, I don't mean to mention the dogs after the athletes because, you know, I love me some athletes. (laughs) But with regard to pets and CBD, is the formulation the same? What do we know about dosing there? And does Soul CBD create products for pets as well? Side note, you guys, be careful not to take the bacon if you're a human. (laughs) It's pretty nasty. I would say our flavors are one of the best on the market, but I've made the mistake of accidentally taking the pet one at night when I didn't see. So be careful, my friends. That is hysterical. So it's bacon flavored, but apparently bacon flavored for dogs. It's not like delicious human bacon. So I was grabbing it out of my... I mean, I've done it twice now. Oh my gosh. And it's just... It's intense. But dogs love it. So apparently the packaging needs to be dramatically different for the pet line. (laughs) It really does because it's happened twice now. (laughs) And we're coming out with treats as well. We're going to have calming treats that have CBD and a bunch of, you know, all natural ingredients and then also uh, relief treats. So little biscuits that have, you know, the all natural relief ingredients with CBD. But yeah, dogs, you know, do really well with it. You obviously need a much lower dose depending on, you know, the weight and it's all there on, you know, our website with the information on the packaging. But yeah, dogs do really well because once again, they have an endocannabinoid system and a lot of times they're freaking out. They have separation anxiety. They need to stay calm, but it's not one of those things where they get high and they're, you know, bumping into chairs and walls and stuff. So you don't have to worry about that. It's great for planes. Is the formulation the same pretty much? I mean, obviously taste is different and dosage, but is Rocco taking the same pure isolate of CBD that I would be taking? Yes, he is, which is wild. I mean, the other ingredients that we put in there can be more specially formulated for dogs, but you see across all CBD companies, it's the same cannabinoids, the same CBD isolate. So in that aspect, yes, it is, which is why it's interesting. As I mentioned, all mammals having the endocannabinoid system, why dogs can take it as well. Okay. Now, last thing I want to ask about is these bath bombs that you just sent me, Angie. And I'm not normally someone who takes a bath. And, but if I were to, I forget which one it was, but I I used one of them and my skin just felt super soft. Is the CBD just an agent that makes your skin soft or is that actually being absorbed into my skin? 
Yeah, I love baths. I'm like the bath queen. So every night I get so excited to relax and put one of these in the bath. But I have found that, yes, women are using it for soft skin. It has essential oils in it. That's great. But a lot of people are using it so it seeps into your skin, which is the largest organ. So it is going into your bloodstream. Now, it's not a ton in those bath bombs, but where I've been using it is for period cramps. Heat obviously helps when you have menstrual cramps. So I'll sit in the bathtub when I have really bad cramps and I'll put two of those bath bombs. I'm crazy like that. That's baby grandma crazy. I will take two <laughs> bath bombs. I'll do all this. Is what I'll do, ladies. I'll sit in a really hot bath, a tincture under my tongue, two bath bombs, and then two or three gummies. And it's like, I am just, you know. And then a glass of dry farm wines hanging off the side. <laughs> Yeah. And, and the wine is what helps. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it helps take the pain from a six to a three. You know, again, we, we're not claiming this is going to solve everything. But for me, I have very, very excruciating, painful periods and I'm still trying to get to the bottom of what's going on. And so for me, CBD has been huge for that. And we're coming out with some new products specifically around that niche pain point. And for a lot of women, they don't want to take Midol or ibuprofen. So they're, they're trying out CBD now. And the bath bombs can be a great addition to that. All right. Now, the other thing that's kind of annoying is I see every influencer and reality TV person starting their own CBD line, which I think has got to drive you guys bonkers. <laughs> it's yeah. got to drive you nuts. <laughs> I know it would drive me nuts. So help us make wise decisions when we are looking for a quality product. So my quick questions are, what should I be looking for on the label? Where should I be buying it? And do Amazon reviews mean anything? Okay, great questions. First of all, we really believe in sourcing here in the United States and not even because of you know USA is number one uh, type ideology because companies that are sourcing in China and overseas, they're just sourcing that. They're not visiting the farms. They're not able to have that hands-on approach. And also the way the pesticides, the way that they're making the actual seeds and plant don't have as high regulations. I mean, that's just well known. So first and foremost, we believe in a product that's sourced here in the United States. We also really believe in companies that are only using third-party lab testing and show exactly the transparency of the purity in there. Mike, will that third-party lab testing, will that be something that we should be able to see on a label? Great question. Yes. So we say third-party lab tested. We have a little icon on, on our labels, but really I think the best way would be to visit the website because you know that's the way you're going to really understand and see those COAs instead of just seeing a little icon and yeah. not knowing that they actually do it, which brings up another point of the Amazon. Amazon right now is a tricky world in CBD because you'll notice that there's products on there that are $10 for a 5,000 milligram tincture. And what that means is they're really discount mark off prices on Amazon. Now, there are some good companies on Amazon, but right now, all those hemp products on Amazon seem to be incredibly cheap because a lot of people just want to make quick cash. And you see a ton of different pop-up CBD shops that, that came up and you don't know where they're sourcing or what it is. So no matter what, whether you choose our company or not, don't necessarily go for the cheapest brand. And I think that's true with all supplements and vitamins that you do your research and just because it's the cheapest, a lot of times that raises a red flag. They're just trying to squeeze margins. So that's my advice, no matter who you choose. And recently I, I've been looking into the efficacy and the safety and the legitimacy of the reviews for lots of supplements on Amazon. And sadly, I mean, they're doing their best to clean it up, but sadly, there are companies that have spent a fortune sending out free product for five-star reviews. So you click on a product and maybe you filter your search results to show you the products that have the highest number of five-star reviews. And that automatically makes us believe, oh, well, if everyone is saying such amazing, glowing things about this product, it must be legitimate. But now they've got bots that are creating these reviews. We find out that so many of these reviews have been purchased and have been paid for, or people have been compensated for them. So I, not to say that we don't look at reviews, but I just, I want to caution my audience to tell you that that doesn't necessarily mean you're getting what the bottle says you're getting. 
And it certainly doesn't mean that all those people are actual people or that they've been honest. And Amazon's doing their best to clean it up. But it just, I used to do that and be like, oh, well, look at this product's cheaper and it has 5,000 five-star reviews. It must be okay. No, I, yeah. I agree. I think that's always been a problem to get those, you know, verified reviews. People are finding workarounds. You know, I know on our website, you have to purchase a product and you have to leave a verified review where the software links up after you purchase the product and who you are based on the, the information you gave in. So you can't just go on our website and leave a review and be anonymous bot, which I think is amazing. But yeah, that's always a tough issue. Last thing I want to ask the two of you. And I want to do a whole episode on Build Your Tribe. So I'd like to invite you to come back, if you will, and join me on that show. But will you each share with me the most frustrating part? Pick one thing about working with the other person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Hopefully this is a 10-hour episode with uh, Mike Mike and Shalene now, and then I leave. (laughs) Yeah, Ange, why don't you just hang up for a second? This is like a therapy session. All right. This is your new therapist, Mike. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, yeah. First thing that came to my mind, I don't know why, was squirrel brain. So (laughs) Angie. (laughs) Shalene knows about that, okay? She had ADD or has it too, okay? We we are not, okay? (laughs) Angie is, it's a blessing to curse. She's a incredible marketer and has, you know, this, everyone knows how amazing she's done, but one of the things that is a blessing and a curse is she has all these different ideas and all over the place, which is perfect why we're such a good match because I'm such more of like a pragmatic, okay, let's break that down. What does this mean? And she's such a huge ideas person and let's do this and let's do that. And I I love that about her, but a lot of times it's just kind of all, it's squirrel brain. That's all I got to (laughs) say. We spent a lot of time together. I I know that brain. All right, Angie, you're up. (sighs) That mic's not squirrel brain enough, you know? It's like, like if I want to go to the moon, let's go to the moon. I'm seriously, I call him every day. I'm like, we should do this. And he's like, Angie, do you know what that takes to create that and do that? That's a huge deal. I'm like, it's fine. We got this. We're going to do this. So definitely uh, sometimes my feet are not on the ground, but yeah, it's interesting. As much as I want Mike to go fly with me in the clouds, sometimes I realize that although that's frustrating, it's also necessary to have that balance because I can't always be in the clouds. So (laughs) it's a good mix. Well, you guys have really figured it out. And congratulations to both of you on the success of this company, on the integrity that you've been able to maintain, on the hundreds of thousands of people that you've been able to help. That's got to feel pretty remarkable. And I hope that you have, in fact, agreed to share with us the secrets of working with family and we can bring you back on Build Your Tribe if you guys are cool with that. Yeah, we'd love to. Sounds great. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. I love you both. Love you. Thanks, guys. Thank you.